Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Focus on Greatness podcast. I am your host, Hiram Roche, and as always, it is truly an honor to be able to be here with you, my greatness tribe. Amen. Listen, I hope your month of January was as powerful and impactful as mine was as we began a great conversation, being able to really get a clear understanding of what greatness is to us here, this greatness tribe, um, and being able to not only have an understanding of it, but then being able to know how to be able to actually walk it out, live it out on a day-to-day basis. So tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to really start some real good conversations, and I want to be able to utilize, um, I, I would use this type of man, this person um, that I I kind of like love to be able to look at when it comes to being able to see what greatness is, being able to really have um, a great picture of what manlyhood is in some sense, and being able to really take um, take some teaching lessons from his life. His name is David, very powerful man throughout scripture. And we're going to take some time to really gain some fundamental foundational stuff on tonight. But listen, this is the first Monday of the month. And as I told you, every first Monday of every month, we are going to look at an impactful man. This is a man that is impacting the world around us in one way or another. And so tonight, we're going to be looking at a man by the name of Brian Stinson. Listen to this. Brian Stinson is a lawyer and founder of the Equal Justice Initiative, EJI, and a nonprofit organization dedicated to fighting racial injustice and providing legal representation to those who have been wrongly convicted or unfairly sentenced. Stevenson's work in criminal justice reform has led to the release of numerous wrongfully convicted individuals from death row. His book, Just Mercy, which was also created into a movie with the leading actor Michael B. Jordan, which highlights his experiences and challenges in the legal system and shedding light on the need for reform. Brian Stinson has been a driving force behind significant changes in criminal justice and has drawn attention to the issues of racial bias, inequality, and a mass incarceration in the United States. Tonight, we shine the light on Brian Stinson's, a man who is walking in his greatness and making an impact in the world. Hey, everybody. Hey, listen, Greatness Tribe. Hey, listen, have you joined our text group? I I know you have already, but if you haven't, I want to make sure that you know and are aware that we have one. The importance of this text group is so that me and you can be able to stay connected. I know that there's times that I can go live. There are things that we are going to be releasing. Uh, There are conversations that I'm going to be having, and I don't want you to miss None of that. I want you to be able to be involved in everything that we're doing as the Greatness Tribe. So this is what I need you to do. I need you to text 833-398-1648. That's the number I need you to text to. And here is the phrase. I need you to only text greatness. Now, again, what is this going to do? This is going to allow me to be able to text you personally so that we can be able to stay in contact, be able to stay connected so we can continue to talk um, so you can know what's happening, what products that we're going to be offering or what things are going to happen. Again, I don't want you to miss out on anything. So listen, this is important 
because if you believe that this greatness tribe is impacting your life and is a very vitally important to what you're doing, you're always expecting these Monday, these Monday night conversations and, um, and the posts that I do throughout the week, you're expecting these things and you're anticipating these conversations. You don't want to miss any of them. So again, text greatness to 833-398-1648 and the greatness tribe. I'll talk to you soon. Man, that is exactly what we're talking about and what we love to be able to see when we're dealing with this context of greatness. We want to be able to see people that are making major impacts, not because they are popular, not because of all of those things, but mainly because they're walking in what we define greatness as, which helps us because we go right into what we're going to be talking about on tonight. We define greatness as, I believe Martin Luther King coins this and helps us with this, where he says, not everybody can be famous, but everybody can be great because greatness is determined by service. Our base scripture is coming out of Matthews 23 and 11, which it says, but he that is greatest among you is the servant of you all. And so it, for you to be able to get an understanding, if you're just now listening to us and you haven't been listening to us um, for the month of January, please make sure you go back because it's going to help you to get some understanding of what we're talking about and really how this context of greatness is really being able to be laid out. Now, I'm ready to be able to jump in deeper into this conversation, so let's go. Um, some of us may know the storyline of David. Some of us may not. Tonight, what I want to do is, again, just lay some foundation of this man by the name of David. Some later on, we'll understand that he is then called King David. But this is a man that is someone that I would consider as a very great picture of greatness, but he's also a person that gives unto us a picture of what majority of men deal with on a day to day. And so what I want to be able to do throughout this month is being able to kind of like pull some lessons from his life and be able to have some real conversations with us that I believe will be able to help us as we continue on this journey of functioning and walking in our greatness. Now, again, greatness is um, this ability to serve. I love the context of saying it's the ability to serve well, which means that we have identified our skill set. Um, we have now been able to start working on the skill sets and the wisdom and the guidance so that when we are utilizing it, when we are in part in it, or when we are um, using it in some form of a way, it can become impactful. Now, again, we're not doing this so that we can be successful. We're doing this is because this is what people that are great do. So David is, his first introduction into scripture, I'll use it that way, is shown as this young man that is a shepherd boy. He is being able to take care of his father's sheep. We're introduced to him not only as this shepherd boy, but we're also introduced to him as what we'll talk about a little bit later as we're singing off front, off the top of his, his, his scene, his intro scene, is not only is he a shepherd boy, but we can automatically see that there is something that's going on between him his brothers, as well as his father. It, it, it allows us to be able to recognize that David has some family issues that's going on. But what we also can see 
as we dive and look through his life, we can also see some other things. We can be able to see that this person, this man by the name of David is a person that has a variety of different skill sets. And he's making sure that not only does he have these skills, but he's sharpening these skills so that he can be able to utilize them in an effective way whenever he sees something happen that needs his service that needs his greatness. I, I want to take a pause before we go any further, just on the intro of this conversation. And I really want to be able to ask you this question. For your greatness, the, the things that you are skilled in, the, the wisdom that you have, the, the ways that you know how to communicate, the way you know how to be able to build people and develop people up, and the, the, the opportunities that you can have to be able to pour into people either by uh, wisdom or by finances, the, 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 the ways of your skill, the different things that you are skilled to be able to do, the things that you have that you can be able to say, this is a part of my greatness. I, I just want to start off and ask the question, question, are you taking the time to make sure that you're sharpening it? Are you taking the time to make sure that not only are you sharpening it, but making sure that you are paying enough attention that if you're ever called upon to be able to utilize your skill set, that you'll be ready when it comes? Are you making sure that as a father, you're, you're taking the time to develop how you communicate to your children and making sure you're communicating how you're listening to them so that you can make sure that you are effective in when you're talking and when you're listening? Are you making sure that you're sharpening the same type of skills and different when you are speaking to your wife or your significant other, when you are speaking to family members and helping those different pieces or people? Are you taking the time to make sure that you are sharpening your skill? Are you taking the time to make sure that you are sharpening your skill when you're at work? Are you making sure that you're taking the time to sharpen your skill for your business, for your ministry? Whatever those things are that 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 call, that 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 acts for your service, that acts for your greatness, are you taking some time to sharpen those skills? That That's just the intro conversation, just looking at and thinking about David's life. Now, let's go ahead. I want to dive right in because one of the things that we know about David, some of us know about the context of David being a shepherd boy. Some of us do know about his context of him being this great person in reference to that has some family issues. We also can recognize and talk about some other things that David has some women issues, which we'll be dealing with all of these things later on in different episodes. But what I want to be able to start off is something that we all know that David's popular about, and that is his battle against this major giant called Goliath. Let's read something, and I believe it will it will give unto us some pictures and some clarity of how we can be able to see David, this great man, walking and functioning in his greatness. And then we'll talk about and see how that applies to our own personal lives. So in 1 Samuel chapter 17, it allows us to be able to understand this battle that David is about to walk into. Let me, before we dive into it, I want to be able to give you a backstory. We're going to start at verses 12, and we're going to read a couple verses of scripture, which will give us some insight on this. And I believe it'll help us a whole lot. But I want us to be able to think about this. Right before this scenario happened, you have 
this man by the name of King Saul, who is at this point still the king, he has done some things where at this right now, right before they're about to go into this battle against these Philistines, he has just lost what we would consider as the anointing from God, that protection from God, that power from God, that assistance from God. He has just lost this because of, we would, I would just lean in and say, because of some disobedience. There's, there's a lot that I can go into when we think about Saul. Maybe we'll talk about him later. But when we look at this storyline, what we do see is Saul has just did some things that has disobeyed God. And now in the moment of him disobeying God, he has lost this anointing that was on his life. Matter of fact, the scripture allows us to be able to see that it was literally taken from him um, because of this way of disobedience. The, the reason for his disobedience, I'll just throw this in and then we'll come back to the story. The reason for his disobedience is because he was trying to make sure that he was pleasing the people. And he was so more he was more so concerned about making sure that the people were pleased that he was leading then God was being pleased by his obedience. And that's what stuck him in this position that he's in currently through this scripture context. Now, right after this situation happens where he has now lost the anointing, now he goes into and he's about to walk into a battle. He's about to walk into a battle with no extra strength, with no extra help and no extra assistance. And now because he recognizes and he knows it, when you read the context of scripture, this giant by the name of Goliath comes up and starts mocking the children of Israel, starts mocking basically not only the children of Israel, but their God and starts throwing all these threats out to him to this whole tribe, and the scriptures allows us to be able to see that it says that not only was the tribe of Israel, the people of Israel terrified, but it says, and all the people, meaning including Saul, was terrified. Why was Saul terrified? Saul was terrified because Saul understood, I don't got no help, man. I'm out here by myself. The only only thing that we're going to be able to use is our own personal strength. We won't have any extra assistance like we have had before. Now, all of this is happening. And David is, the scripture says, David is at home. Tending to his father's sheep. Let's read it. And it says, and now in verses 12, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 12. It says this, now David was the son of that um, Ephrathite of Benjamin, Judah, whose name was Jesse, and he had eight sons. And the man went among men for an old age, for an old man in the days of Saul, sorry. And the three eldest sons of Jesse went and followed Saul to the battle. And the names of the three sons went that went to the battle was Eliab the firstborn, and the next unto him Abinadad, and the third Shammah. And David was the youngest, and the three eldest followed Saul. So the three eldest went to the battle, but David had to stay back home. 
And verse 15, this is what it says. And David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Now, I want to be able to pause here because I want to be able to give us clarity on what this means and what this is talking about. Now, the very first verses that we just read, verses 12 through verses 15, this is what it's talking about. It's allowing us to be able to know, one, whose David lineage is, who he's connected to, his father. Then it allows us to be able to see that David has three older brothers. Now, it also allows us to be able to know that now this battle is going on. Saul is calling for men to be able to come and fight in this battle. And in the midst of this going on, the father sends the three sons to go fight. But he calls for his son, David. Why does he have to call for his son, David? He has to call for David because at this time, David is in Saul's kingdom playing an instrument to be able to soothe Saul because the anointing of God has left and now Saul is being tormented. Now, for my Bible studiers, I want you to be able to read this um, or write this down, put this in the comment section. 1 Samuel chapter 16, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 14 through 23. Now, this explains something for us. It allows us to be able to see where David was at this specific time. The Bible shows us in this context that, again, Saul is now being tormented because the anointing of God has left. Meaning, when God has backed up off of you, now there is torment that happens because you, you were used to the presence of of God. You are used to the anointing of God and now you're in a place, now you're in a state where you're not, you're no longer feeling the presence of God. And because of that, now the things that normally would come to attack you before with your protection that you normally could deal with, it now is bombarding your mind and bombarding your spirit and it's tormenting you. So Saul asked some of his assistants, hey amen, I need somebody to come and help me with this problem I got. And they said, hey, listen, we know that there is someone that is skilled. Let's go ahead and look in this. Uh, look at this real quick. Um, it again is starting at uh, first six. First Samuel chapter 16, and we're just going to go a couple verses in, and this is what it says. Verses 14 through 23 is what we're reading in its form, but this is what it says. And Saul said unto his servant, provide me now a man that can play well, skilled, here it is, and bring him to me. And then answered one of the servants and said, behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, that is cunning and playing watch these watch these skills watch these Watch these ways of service. I, I just, I want to be able to bring this full circle because I need y'all to see how this connects. Watch these skill sets that he has, these abilities that he has. He's cunning and playing. He's a, he's a mighty valiant man. He's a man of war. He's prudent in matters and he's a comely person and the Lord is with him. I'm going to just pause because I need y'all to hear what I'm saying. I'm going to read it again. He's cunning and playing, meaning he's a bad boy with that, with that harp. He's mighty valiant man. He's a man of war. He's prudent in his matters, mean, meaning he take care of business. And a comely person, 
and the Lord is with him. Now, I want to read, I want to pause here in this reading because right after this, the scripture just allows us to know that Saul sent for his son, Jesse's son, who is David. Uh, Saul sent for Jesse's son, he sent for David. And when he sent for David, David was with his father's sheep. David was already serving. The question that I always think about when I read this, and then I'm going to come back again, but just, just walk with me today. Just walk with me. Just walk with me. I'm, I'm, every time I think about or read this passage of scripture, I always ask myself, if David was in the shepherd's den, if he was a shepherd boy, he was watching over his father's sheep, who was watching him? And when did they see him being a cunning player. When did they see him being a mighty valiant man? Who was paying attention that watched and said that he was a mighty, he was a man of war or prudent in matters and a calmly person and the Lord is with, like who was paying David this much attention that they were able to recognize these skill sets in him? And what it always helps me to understand is that there are people watching you work your gift, watching you work your skill, watching you walk in your wisdom, watching you, watching you walk in your development and in your nurturing. Like, like God, some people are watching you from a distance and God is using these people so that when the moment comes, that someone needs your gift, someone needs your greatness, someone needs your service, they can be able to call upon you for assistance. Now, now I'm not talking about those that are in your house. Because those that are in your house, they're watching you day and night. They get a chance to be able to see when, you, when you're walking in your greatness or when you're struggling with your greatness. They're getting to see your highs and your lows. They're, they're getting to see when you're effective and when you're non-effective. They're getting to see the development of things that people outside don't get a chance to see. But the question is that I always ask when I think about this scripture is who was paying David this much attention? That they saw David's greatness. They saw David's greatness when only thing that David was doing was just being a shepherd boy. The scripture does allow us to be able to see and know that these, this category of group of men, they were warriors. They were trained warriors. They knew how to be able to fight. So we understand that he was amongst a group of individuals, a tribe of people that they were learning how to fight. But again, it always takes me back because I always want to know who was paying attention to David. Somebody was paying attention and they saw greatness on David. They saw that David was skillful, but he wasn't prideful. They saw that David was effective in what he did. He was not lazy in what he was doing. David wasn't doing things half mass. He was, he was taking everything that he did. He was taking it. He was making sure that he was effective in his work. Even if he didn't think people were watching, he was sharpening his skill set of being great. 
Let's go back, and I want you to see this, going back to where we were in 1 Samuel chapter 17, um, and we're going to jump right into verses 16. So now we understand in verse 15, let's go back to 15. Now we understand what this meaning, what this statement means. And David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Now, I do want to make sure I emphasize this part, is that David was so much of a servant. David was so much walking in his greatness that David left where they were going to fight to go back to work with sheep. Now, now I need you to hear this. All of these men, his brothers included, are going to fight in a battle. David has to leave where the king is living at. David has to leave. Matter of fact, the scripture that we just read in first, uh, first Samuel chapter 16, verses 14 to 23, it says that then at that point, Saul made David his armor bearer, meaning the armor bearer back then was the person that would hold the shield of the king, the one that will come and bring in the cup, the one that will come and eat the food first. Like David was supposed to be the man that was assisting the king. And the king sent him back home to his father to be able to do and deal with sheep while everyone else went to go fight in a battle. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever felt like you were the one being left out? You knew your skill set. You knew what gift you have. You know what your greatness ability is. You know and understand what your what what type of skills and things that your greatness brings to the table. But instead of you being called upon, you got left out. Instead of you being asked of, you were told to go do things that it's not that it's smaller, it's just in your mind might not have felt impactful. Have you ever felt like you were in that position? You were in that moment, you were in that space. Have you ever felt that you were being left out? David did, and David went back and helped his father and took care of his father's sheep while his brothers and all the other men went to go fight in a battle against the Philistines. The scripture then goes into verses 16. Tonight, I, I'm going to just be reading scripture. I'm just letting y'all know right now. I'm just going to be walking through this scripture because it, this allows us to get a full glimpse in some sense of the foundation of David. And the Philistines drew near morning and evening and presented himself 40 days. This is talking about Goliath. Verses 17, it says, And Jesse said unto David, his son, Take now for thy brethren, an ephah of this parched corn and 10 loaves and these 10 loaves and run to the camp to thy brethren and carry these 10 cheese unto the captain of their thousand and look how thy brethren's fare and take their plague. His father says, David, this is what I need you to do. I know you over here have taken care of the sheep. Now what I need you to do is take a pause real quick. I need you to take this lunch to your brother and to his captains. And I need you to make sure they're fed. I, I need you to also make sure that you check on them, see how they're doing. 
Now, I hear the heart of a father wanting to make sure his sons is okay. But I also think about David. Scripture doesn't say that David was like, come on, dad. Are you serious? Why do why you need me to do? I'm not saying that David didn't. I'm not even saying that David didn't even probably think about it. What I am saying is the scripture allows us to be able to see as we continue to read. Verses 20, it says this, and David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the host were going forth to fight and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brothers. David literally, his father gives him instructions. David gets his rest that night and early in the morning he gets up. He doesn't just go do the assignment. Watch this greatness. He doesn't just go and do the assignment of taking his brothers their food and checking in on them. Nope. He goes and does the, before he does the assignment, he makes sure that his father's sheep is still taken care of. I want to pause here because I want to ask the question. Because if we believe that greatness is the ability to be able to serve well, and we believe that I believe in this aspect that your greatness will be in moments where it's going to be needed. And sometimes that greatness will take you from places that you're serving at one level to be able to take you into another way or another area of serving. Doesn't mean you won't come back to this way, but it does mean for the time and for that moment, you are going to leave that place to go somewhere else. You might not know that this place of serving here will take you to a bigger opportunity, but what you do not, what you do know is your gift is needed. Your greatness is needed right now in this moment. So I want to be able to ask you this question. Have you ever probably not, um, you probably know, you probably don't know. I'm, I'm going to just ask it. But have you ever been in a position where someone probably asked you to do something that you thought was small, but because you thought it was so small, you, you moved it to the side. You didn't really take it that serious. And, and you missed an opportunity because you didn't recognize and understand that that moment of being able to see, would you be great in this moment? Would you use your greatness? to serve in a way that doesn't make you popular? Would you would you be able to use your greatness in a way where you won't get the limelight? Would you use your greatness in a way where literally you are just serving someone else? Would you use this greatness to do this, not recognizing and understanding that this one moment has the ability to be able to open up a door of opportunity for your future? This is what we see David doing. David is literally making sure, one, that his father's sheep is taken care of. Because why? Because that's what great people do. Great people don't go to another level without making sure the, next, the level that you're leaving is occupied. I, okay. Uh, let me just... Great people make sure... This is what I mean by this. Oh, goodness, I'm getting excited. Let me calm down. Great people 
don't go to the next level without making sure that the level that they just left is occupied. What do I mean? If you were working at this level in your job, you were at a lower level position in your job, you don't leave to go to the next level without making sure that you have been developing someone, training someone, making sure that they had the skill set and the wisdom to carry on in the work that you were doing at the place that you were at. Sometimes I think we get so excited about promotion that we forget that there are people, there is still a job underneath you. There is still a job in a place that you left that may have a vacancy because you did not function in your greatness while you were there. You were not developing somebody. You were not pouring into somebody. You were not making sure that they were trained. You were not making sure that they were, they were understanding of the position and the things that you were doing in that placement. I can hear you. You saying, look, that ain't my job. My job is just to do my work. I get what you're saying. Do your work very well, but I need you to hear me this way. I need you to understand what I'm saying. If you were just there to just do a nine to five, if that's all you were created for was just to do a nine to five, then you wouldn't be listening to this conversation. You're not just there to do a nine to five. You're there to impact every area that you step into. If you're stepping into a lower position, you're supposed to be impactful, not just in the job, but amongst the people that you work with. So when you do go to the next level, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a slap in their face that they put you over somebody. Because why? They watched how your skill set was. They watched what you did at the level you were in. They made sh they watched how effective you were. They watched how skilled you were. So now when they elevate you, now when they put you in another position, you should say, hey amen, that person right there, they do a great job. Yep, that person right there, man, they they keep your eye on them because you know we were working, we were working hand to hand. Because why? I, it's not just about me. It's not just about me. My ability to be able to serve well, yes, it might elevate me, but it's to, my ability to serve well should impact the ones that are with me. This person that David left in charge allows us to be able to know just not one side that David was responsible enough to be able to make sure that he left somebody to take care of the sheep while he was gone. But it also says that this person had to be skilled enough and David had to trust the skill that he developed in this person enough that they could care for this sheep. Not just any sheep. It's my father's. It's my father's sheep. These are not just random people's sheep. This is my father's sheep. So I'm going to make sure that I leave it with someone that can take care of this. Hmm. David goes, gets up in the morning, he makes sure that the sheep are taken care of. He goes and brings his brothers some food. When he brings the food in, the person that normally takes the food takes all of that stuff, he brings it, he lives, he leaves it with that person. He hears the roar of the army going on and he runs to the roar to go look for his brothers. Why did he look for his brothers? He looked for his brothers because the instructions from his father was, take this food and then check on your brothers to see how they're doing. So he runs into the midst of this army of men to look for three brothers just to say, how y'all doing, man? 
Let me ask you a question. How, how much are you willing to go through to get to the people that you're assigned to? David was called to go and find his brothers. That was his assignment. He was, he was instructed, I need you to go find your brothers and ask them and see how they're doing. The battle is about to start. It's people going crazy out here. They're screaming at the top of their lungs. They're ready for war. They're ready for fighting. They're ready for battle. And David runs into the midst of all of these people. David runs into this crowd of men ready for war, searching for his brothers, just to check in and say, how are you doing? You know how strong that is? You know how powerful that sounds? I know it might seem, it can come across like, man, uh, yeah, whatever. It's just, he went to go check on his brothers. No, he's running through thousands of men to check on his brothers so he can make sure that he comes back with a report to his father. But when I think about this, when I listen to this story, when, I watch, when I'm reading everything that's happening, I'm thinking about to myself. Would you go through that? Would you go through after you've probably had a long day of work? Would you go through checking on somebody that God put on your heart? Calling them, praying for them, texting them to make sure that they're good? Would you, what are you willing to do if God showed you an assignment, a person, and, and he put somebody, he told you specifically what he needed you to do, what are you willing to go through to make sure that that assignment is complete? I haven't left this thought of greatness. This is greatness. This is greatness at its finest. Jesus says, we already talked about this, Jesus says, I did not come to be ministered to, I came to minister. But what did he have to go through just to minister to you? He went through a lot. There was a lot of mornings and nights and, and, and experiences and talk about and clowns and, and people that wanted to kill him and people that wanted to love him. And he went through all the ups and downs all for one reason. He had an assignment. And he says, I am your example. I'm willing to go through it to get to you, just to serve you. Not, not even to be like, hey man, look, I'm here. <laughs> hey guys. No, I'm here. Hey man, you good? There's been days, man, where I have had, I mean, days. Where I'm, by the time I get off work, man, I'm mentally drained, emotionally done, physically done. I'm just ready to shut it down. Somebody might come on my heart. There's been days, man, where I have felt so down. I mean, depressed. No form of joy. And somebody will come on my heart. And I'll text them or I'll call them. Hey, man, how are you doing? You, you just was... Just came on my heart. There's been times where I struggled with it. 
because it's like, man, out of why isn't nobody calling me? Why ain't nobody checking on me? Why isn't nobody making sure I'm good? But I understand I have an assignment. My assignment is to make sure. I mean, sometimes I just gotta, gotta push past all that I'm going through. Just to say, hey man, just checking in. You good? You okay? Some mornings, dude, I am exhausted because I haven't been able to sleep. Got so much going on in my mind, so many things that I'm I'm struggling with. Sometimes early in the morning on my way to work, I'm calling and checking in on people. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it so I can be popular. I'm not doing it so people can be like, oh man, good job, Hiram. No. I'm doing that because I got an assignment. And sometimes I know I got to push past things to get to that individual because sometimes what we don't recognize is just like this moment. Some people are in a battle. Some people are fighting. Some people are fighting so much. Some people are fighting so loud. Their fight, their, their, their environment mentally is so loud. And sometimes no one comes and checks on that person. It's not, I don't truly believe, it's not that people don't have these people on their hearts. It's not sometimes that God doesn't prompt this call or, or prompt this conversation or, amen, go check on this. Sometimes it's, we're all going through a struggle, but sometimes we don't want to fight through the crowd of our minds in our situation just to get to that one individual, just to say, hey man, you okay? How you doing? You need some help? You just need somebody to talk to? You're struggling today? So David goes and he checks on his brothers. And while David is there, he starts to hear this conversation, this mockery from this giant called Goliath. And David is now listening like the other men have listened and heard. They have been listening to this day and night constantly. David has been helping his father, taking care of his father's sheep. So now this is the very first time David has heard the, 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 the words of this man, this giant Goliath. And David gets so frustrated. David gets so agitated by the words that this man is saying. That David goes and says, listen, verses 24, it says, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man that has come up surely to defy Israel? Is he come up? And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the men that stood by saying, what shall be done to the man that killed this Philistine and take away the reproach of Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that should defy the armies of the living God? Wait a minute, David. 
David, you just came to bring food. David, you just came to be able to check on your brothers. David, why are you now about to join a fight that you had nothing to do with? David allows us to be able to see something right in this moment. David basically says, I see where y'all are. I see your struggles. I see where y'all are. I see, I see clearly what's going on. Not just what he's saying. What he's saying is he's disrespecting God himself by defying and talking about the way he's talking about God's people, the way he's talking about God's people. But I also see God's people being afraid. And in this moment, I recognize and I know this is how I can serve y'all. Yeah, I'm just a shepherd boy. Yes, I, I, I play a harp. Yes, I've been trained with the best of them. And, and I get all of those things. But in this moment, I recognize what my God, what dad, my dad told me to do. I've come and I've done that. I've checked on my brothers. I made sure everybody's okay. I made sure everything is good. But, but now I have to do something else because my greatness within me is calling because I see that there is something, is a way that I need to be able to serve in this manner because there's an individual. There are groups of people that are in a position where they cannot fight for themselves. But I know that there is greatness within me. This greatness is the ability to be able to serve them well. So God, if you choose to use me in this moment to be able to help them in their battle, then goodness gracious, I'll go out and fight. Because why? Because I understand and recognize that this is what I'm here for. I'm here to be able to help you. I'm here to be able to serve you. And I see that the way that I can serve y'all is not be able to bring you food. Nope, I get it. My brothers might need food. Y'all might need refreshments, but that's not the way I can serve y'all. I serve my father by bringing the food. I serve my father by asking my brothers how they're doing, but now I'm in a moment where I need to serve y'all, the children of Israel and my king. This is the way that I can serve all of y'all at one time, and this is how I'm going to do it. How can I beat this devil? How can I defeat this Goliath? What am I going to get out of this result? What happens to the person that makes sure that he takes care of this thing that y'all need assistance in? And I'm in with this verse, verse 32, and it says this. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. What? Wait a minute, back up a little bit. Say that again. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Don't be moved by the situation. Why, David? Why don't I need to be moved? Because thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And the scripture allows us to be able to see he goes on to be able to speak unto Saul and allow Saul to understand. Listen, Saul, I get that you have a shield. I get that you have armor that you've used. I get you've been doing this for a while, but I need you to understand there's battles that I've been through. There's things that I've had to overcome. There's situations that I had to win my own self. There's things that I've been able to watch God do in my life. And God has been able to use 
my hands and my wisdom and my intellect and my skill to be able to do these things. And now that I'm in a position where I see what y'all are seeing, I don't see it the same way. I see what's going on, but I need you to understand that your servant is here to be able to bring this Philistine down. This is what I'm here for. This is why I came. I came to fight the battle that y'all afraid to. I, I'm not afraid of it because I recognize what this is and I know how to beat it. I might not fight it the same way you fight it. I might not be able to do it the same way you do it, but I promise you, I'm here to make sure that I'm here to serve. David didn't say, listen, you know, y'all don't got to worry about it because, you know, I got this. No, no, no. David didn't say that a warrior is here to fight the Philistine. Nope, he sure did not. David didn't even say that a psalmist is here to fight this Goliath. Nope, nope, that is not what he said. What he said is your servant is here. And I'm going to fight this Philistine. I'm going to do exactly what I know to do. And I'm, I'm going to use my greatness in this moment to be able to defeat this Philistine. So I'm going to say to you, there are going to be moments in time where you're going to be in your space, you're going to be in your rooms. God is going to give you an opportunity. He's going to put you in a moment because of your greatness, because of your ability to be able to serve well, you'll get into a space and into a door where God will open up an opportunity. And this opportunity will be your stepping place into this new season, into this new level, into another area, into another zone, into another level in your life. It is going to be this opportunity, but the opportunity only is going to come because you're going to walk in your greatness. You're looking for moments, how can I serve you? You're looking for moments of how can I serve you? What skill do I use to serve you here? What, what, what wisdom do I need to impart to serve you here? How, what finances do I need to be able to give to serve you here? What do I need to do to be able to serve you? And my ability to be able to serve well will open up doors of opportunity. And as the sum scripture says, God will open up doors that no man can be able to close because I'm coming in in my greatness, I'm coming and walking in with my ability to stay humbled and recognize this is a moment where I can serve. This is not a moment where I'm trying to get popular. David wasn't trying to get the limelight. David was just trying to serve. So I'll end with this as I begin the quote from Dr. Martin Luther King. And this is what it says. Not everybody can be famous, but everybody can be great because greatness is determined by service. I love you all. And I'll talk to you next time right here on the Focus on Greatness podcast. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.